Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. It's amazing what we human beings do when we're desperate. When we're desperate enough, we will almost, we're ashamed of some of the lengths that we will go when we are desperate enough. And see, only God knows the length of that desperation and what we're able, what we're capable of doing. Sometimes the only difference between us and somebody who is prison is the opportunity hasn't presented itself to you. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're even in worse shape. But if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you're a child of God, now you have the ability to resist. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Truth in Christ Radio for today. Pastor Rob concludes this portion of chapter 18 of the book of Deuteronomy and reviews God's instructions against wicked customs. The Levites were the priests whose job was to seek God for the needs and direction of the people, but instead they were turning to soothsayers and magicians. God knows at times we can feel desperate desperate enough to make wrong decisions or go to the wrong person for advice. But in spite of our wrong choices, God will always be gracious with us when we finally return to Him for help. Lord, thank you for your loving kindness and your faithfulness to us. Here's Pastor Rob with today's message. These things are not good. In fact, if we look at verse 11, it says, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, uh, a medium is an individual held to be a channel of communication between the earthly world and the world of spirits, demonic spirits. And there's different variations of those who practice this art of being a medium. Sometimes it involves a spirit purportedly or taking control of a medium's voice and using it to relay a message. Or the, the, the medium may simply hear a message and then passes it on to whoever's there who wants to hear it, who's paid well for it, by the way. Or where the medium um, invokes uh, materializations of the spirit or the presence of a voice or telekinetic activity, things moving across the table. Ooh. Nancy Reagan, if you remember, and I think it was around 1988, she consulted with a medium. Her name was Shirley McLean. And she consulted with uh, Shirley, I believe it was, to assist planning the president's schedule after the attempted assassination on Ronald Reagan in 1981. And so she was so exasperated, naturally, as a wife would. Instead of going to the Lord, and Ronald Reagan was a, a pretty strong Christian, especially after he got... Uh, the attempted assassination. But his wife, I don't know, she was just out there in left field. And instead of going to the Lord, she resorts to Shirley MacLaine or whoever the other medium was. There may have been a couple. 
But instead of going to God, you go to Satan, knocking on his door, 666. Hello, Beelzebub. Yeah, I got a problem. My husband just got shot, and I'm really nervous about him. Can you help me? And God is all the while going, why, why can't you just ask me? Actually, I did protect him. He's still alive. I caused Brady to jump in front of him at the right time and took the bullet. He's in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. I called him to do it. That's what he was sworn to do. He's, he did it, right? Notice with me, turn with me actually to 1 Samuel 28. 1 Samuel 28. We're going to look at verse 3. This is back during the time of Saul and Samuel, back before Judges, but after Joshua. It says, Now Samuel had died, and all Israel had lamented for him and buried him in Ramah in his own city. And Saul had put the mediums and the spiritists out of the land. And then the Philistines gathered together and came and encamped at Shunem. And so Saul gathered all Israel together, and they encamped at Gilboa. And when Saul saw the army of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. And when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim, or by the prophets. Now, you may think to yourself, well, that's really mean, Lord. He's coming to you, and he's asking you. Well, if you go back, we don't have time to go there tonight, but I want you to write down uh, 1 Samuel chapter 15. I want you to just read the whole thing, because in it, and, and also in um, yeah, 1 Samuel chapter 15, and 1 Samuel chapter 13 as well. And we're going to see that from the very beginning, Saul was rebellious. God would tell him to do one thing, and he would do another. And, and he, this is a pattern with Saul. And so God finally says, Saul, the kingdom is going to be stripped away from you. Okay, So this event that I'm speaking about now where God revealed to Samuel, go and tell, go and tell Saul, his kingdom is done. I'm going to divide the, the kingdom, and you're done. You know, there's coming a moment when, uh, very soon, when it's all going to be over, and so he does. But now, afterwards, now Saul is scared about what's going to happen. So he says, verse 7, then, his servant said to, uh, then Saul said to his servants, find me a woman who is a medium. Wait a minute, you just threw them out. You threw out the mediums and the spiritists. But now God's not talking to you, so now you want to go to talk to Shirley MacLaine. I don't get it. So then Saul said to his servants, Find me a woman who is a medium that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, In fact, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. That's a great name for a place for a witch. Endor. So Saul disguised himself and put on other clothes, and he went, and the two men with him, and they came to the woman by night. And he said, Please conduct a seance for me and speak up for me, or bring up for me the one who I shall name to you. Then the woman said to him, Look, you know that Saul, what Saul has done how he has cut off the mediums and the spiritists from the land. Why then do you lay a snare for my life to cause me to die? And Saul swore to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. And then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. So when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. And the king said to her, Do not be afraid. What, do, what did you see? And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. And so he said to her, What is his form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is covered with a mantle. 
And Saul perceived that it was Samuel. And he stooped with his face to the ground, and he bowed down. And Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I'm deeply distressed. For the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore, neither by prophets or by dreams. Therefore, I have called to you that you may reveal to me what I should do. Now, Samuel was a, was a godly man. Why is he going? If God is silent to you, then why are you complaining to me? Now, there's a lot about this verse we're not going to go into tonight because this is really not our text tonight, but it's kind of weird. And there's a lot going on here, but we don't have, we're not going to get into that tonight. I don't think this was Samuel at all, honestly. I think this was just a demonic spirit who, was, uh, who knew enough. And actually, we find out that what God had showed to, uh, to Saul back in chapter 15, he didn't learn any new information by him trying to bring up what he thought was Samuel. He didn't learn any new information. He knew that his kingdom was coming to an end. It was confirmed here through this demonic spirit. If, if that's indeed what it was. So Samuel said, Why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you? And the Lord, as the Lord has done for himself, as he spake by me, for the Lord has torn the kingdom, notice, out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, David. See, the devil knows what has happened in the past. Demons know what has happened in the past. They don't know. They're very limited on what they know of the future. They know that their end is coming, but they don't know. They're not omniscient. The devil is not omniscient. And so when people go to spiritists and mediums, a lot of times they, the, 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 these demons, they know who the ancestor is of, of, your, of who your, your, your passed away aunt or whatever it is. They know what her favorite food was. They know these kinds of things. And so they gain your confidence by saying, was your aunt, did she like uh, cheese puffs? Did she like those Cheetos cheese puffs? Not the, not the thin ones, but the really big, thick ones. She did. She did. She loved those. She always had orange fingers. And did she have a Kohl's credit card that she maxed out every, every fall? How did you know? Well, some other things I could tell you, but, you know, I'm kind of low on cash. But, you know, and all of a sudden, you're hook, line, and sinker now. Anything they tell you, you know, and the next thing you know, you're being told a message that's going to lead you off. And that's exactly what a medium, what a spirit will do. And so this is what Saul does when he no longer is hearing from the Lord. Again, because of his disobedience, because of his own rebellion, God has turned away from him. But instead of accepting that and, and just humbling himself, instead of humbling himself, he goes and he does the thing that's diametrically opposed to the revealed will of God. Never do that in your anger, out of frustration. If you're desperate like Saul was, he was desperate. It's amazing what we human beings do when we're desperate. When we're desperate enough, we will almost, we're ashamed of some of the lengths that we will go when we are desperate enough. And see, only God knows the length of that desperation and what we're able, what we're capable of doing. Sometimes the only difference between us and somebody who is prison is the opportunity hasn't presented itself to you. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit in you, you're even in worse shape. But if you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you're a child of God. Now you have the ability to resist in the Spirit and to fall on your face and cry out for help. And God will answer, right? So Saul, conspiring and, and, and trying to get information by these mediums. There's only one that we can communicate with who is dead, but is now alive, and that's Jesus. 
it's okay if you communicate to him because he was dead, but he's alive now. And he communicates to you too. But in 1 Timothy chapter 4, we know this. As now the Spirit expressly says in the latter times, some will depart from the faith giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And this kind of thing is happening all over and in America, in Christian churches even. There's doctrines floating through the churches that are nothing more than doctrines of demons. Deceiving spirits, getting people off the track, and reading books that are heretical. Reading books that if they read their Bible enough, they would know for sure that this thing is not of the Lord, and this is not something I really ought to be reading, because it's not encouraging my faith, it's creating more confusion in my heart, because the book is really good, and the author is very good, and it's very swift. It's got the hook in it, it's got everything, all the elements are there, and boy, the devil makes sure that that book is really good. And the cover even looks good. It's on sale at BJ's for four ninety nine. It's a big, thick, hardback. Four ninety nine. Or what about the suns passing through the fire? We just read about that too. Consulting mediums and spiritists and causing sons or daughters to pass through the fire. We know that Ahaz and Manasseh, again, this is prophecy concerning what is going to come. God is telling them, don't do this. This is what you're bent on doing. This is what human nature is all about. You're going to get caught up in this. Stay away from this because God could tell them by name if he wanted to. He could say, you know what, in a couple hundred years, several hundred years from now, you're going to have a king named Ahaz and you're going to have a king named Manasseh that's going to do that very thing in the temple in Jerusalem with a brand new temple, not, not a tabernacle, the temple. They're going to do it in this beautiful temple that you all hold in reverence. That's where it's going to take place. In 2 Kings chapter 16, it says this, In the 17th year of Pekah, the son of Ramaliah, Ahaz, the son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz was 20 years old when he became king, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem, and he did not do what was right in the sight of the Lord his God, as his father David had done. But notice this. But he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. Indeed, he made his son to pass through the fire, according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out from before the children of Israel. And so what would happen was, is when they would cause a son or a daughter to pass through the fire, it was idolatrous worship. It was uh, an offering to the god Molech, which was a deity in the land of Canaan. They did this in the valley of Hinnom, there at the southern steps of the Temple Mount, uh, uh, right, on, right below the city of David and Zion. As you go down the Kidron Valley there, and there's, there's the Temple Mount up here, and then the city of David, right around the edge here, it's called the Valley of Hinnom. They did that. The, the kings of Israel, the kings of Judah did that. They offered their children, their newborn babies. I won't go any further because we, we've heard of enough carnage. But they would sacrifice their sons. In Second Kings chapter 21, Manasseh, another ungodly king of Judah, did the same thing. You can read that yourself. Second Kings chapter 21, verses 1 through 9. He, he was one of the worst kings that Israel had ever known. And then in verse 12, back in Deuteronomy 18, it says, For all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord. Because of these abominations, the Lord your God drives them out from before you. But you shall be blameless before the Lord your God. You shall be blameless. For these nations which you will dispossess, listen to soothsayers. They listen to the diviners. But as for you, the Lord your God has not appointed such for you. Don't listen to Shirley MacLaine. Don't listen to whoever it is. 
Stay away from the horoscopes. Stay away from the, the tarot cards and the Ouija boards. You know, when I was a young person, I had a, a friend and his dad and mother were, they were Jehovah's Witness, but they, they weren't practicing Jehovah's Witness. And I remember we did all these kinds of strange stuff when I was just a teenager, and we did it with alcohol. And I, I can't tell you, <laughs> there were some moments in those drunken times where we were playing Dungeons and Dragons that I saw things that scared me to death. Under the influence of alcohol, involved in these kinds of things, that is real stuff, folks. And if you have young kids, young teens, know what they're doing and, and, and encourage them to stay away from that. You know, the, it, it, the, the darkness is always, there's something about it that people gravitate to. It's sort of like the thrill of Halloween. I don't know what it is. I mean, I do know what it is. It's just youthful curiosity, but it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. Be careful of what your youth are doing and, and warn them. And warn them. Verses 15 through 19 below, as we look at the rest of this, uh, we're going to go through it fairly quickly. It says, The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me in your midst. You know what? We're going to save this <laughs> for next time. We're going to save this because this, this next passage of Scripture is so sweet because of who it is talking about. It's talking about Jesus. You can read ahead, and, and we'll pick up in verse uh, 15 next week, but um, we're going to save that. I, I don't want to go through that quickly. We don't have that much time. But I, I want to encourage you, you know, as we have just read, you know, it seems like God is just beating this drum over and over again. Be careful, be careful, be careful. And he's just, be careful of wicked customs. He's told them so many times. So many times, be careful when you go into the land, folks. Be careful tomorrow when you go into the workplace. Be careful. Know that the enemy, he's like a roaring lion. He's roaming throughout the earth, seeking whom he may devour. He can't take your life, but he can take away the joy of your salvation in a heartbeat. Have you ever been as a Christian? Have you ever fallen into willful sin? Willful sin, as a Christian, you willfully sinned and you just felt horrible about it. And the devil loves to do that stuff. He likes to play on your flesh. He likes to get you to think that, you know, if you just satisfy this lust, this desire, whatever it may be, it could be alcohol, drugs, sex, whatever it is. If you just satisfy it, God will forgive you just this once. But once you do it once, it's never good. It's like a drug. And because it's free, it doesn't cost you anything. But, oh, the price tag is huge. Because before long, you find yourself reaping a pattern in life. And next thing you know, you find yourself completely consumed in whatever that thing is. People who are involved in drugs and heroin, these young people who are dying from, you know, uh, fentanyl and, and heroin and these hot shots that they're getting on all these designer drugs. They didn't start off with the big stuff. It started when they were in grade school sniffing Elmer's glue. It starts there. Then it's something else. Then it's alcohol. Then it's a little marijuana. Then it's something else. Something else. Everybody's doing it. It's okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. I got a handle on it. The trap snaps on you and you find yourself dead. 
And for a guy on my street, his name is John, if you could pray for him. He lost his, uh, I was on my way to, I think I was on my way to service on a Thursday night, I think it was. And I see him walking his dog down my street as he does every day. And I rolled down my window. I had a few moments. And I said, hey, how you doing, John? I said, how are you? This is many years ago. And he says, well, he goes, I, I said, um, hey, is there anything I can pray for you about? Because we've already had a, a talk before. And he goes, yeah. I said, what's going on? And he said, my son, he was a heroin addict. And just recently, I was with him, had a really great night with him. And the very next day, he gets a hot shot of heroin, killed him instantly. And his father was just in tears. You know, he'd spent so much money sending him to the rehabs and expensive places to try and get his son help. He was trying to do everything he could in the physical, you know. And, you know, this kind of stuff, these, you know, uh, pharmacia, you know, this, uh, the sorcery and all this stuff, the drugs are a gateway into this stuff, just like my drinking was when I was a teenager. That was all a gateway into the stuff. Next thing you know, we're playing with all kinds of weird stuff. And you know what? It is. It is a gateway. And you have to teach your child, teach your young one, you know, and encourage them to stay away from stuff like that. And that's why God warns us, because he loves us. He cares about you. His heart is to, for you to receive a blessing. He's the author. He's the maker. And he wants to bless you. And so be encouraged as we go through this. It, it, this is a hard book in, in a lot of ways. But be encouraged in it and let, and let the Lord teach you again. And, or even just solidify and, and, and internally verify what you already know to be true. Let it be just piles of stacks of wood on the, on the, on the, on the, on the hearth. You know, just let him continue to solidify you and make you solid so that when these things come along, you see them for what they are and you're like, I'm not even going down that road. Not even going to entertain that thought. I'm not even going to go down there. And as the more mature you get, the more you see these things coming. Why? Because you've had your nose in the Bible. You've had your nose in the book. And you know the truth so well that the counterfeit becomes so obvious to you, but not to everybody else. Because they don't know the truth. So know the truth. Know the Word of God. And let the Word of God completely take over your life, your heart, your mind, your thoughts. Can we do that? Amen. Let's stand. Father, we thank you for this encouragement. Pray you bless us tonight. Lord, help us to be aware, very much aware of all these things. And, and Lord, just continue to encourage us this day. And tomorrow, especially, Father, please encourage us, Lord. Keep us safe and keep our kids, God, especially, Father. Our kids and some of, some of us in this room have grandkids. Lord, uh, we pray for them, God, and the wicked, wicked world they, they're growing up in. Please, Lord, save their souls. Please save them, God, and help us to do everything we can to live the example, to be the uh, ambassador for you that they can see right in front of them. And may we encourage them to do the right thing and be there when they mess up really bad, Lord, not pointing a finger and yelling at them, but loving on them and encouraging them to get up and move on and and get the forgiveness, confess, move on, and Lord, restore and save. Would you please do that, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. 
Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Deuteronomy. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio and sanctuary messages in MP3 format free of charge from the resources link. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester Sanctuary Messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play or Apple Podcast. We are so glad that you could join us today, and if there is any way that we could bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.